Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's hour number two. And, uh, it's five o'clock. It's, uh, you know, I hope everybody fell back last night. Got that extra hour. I can't tell the difference yet. Leave it alone. Let's just stick with what we had or what we have now. I'm, I'm for that. All right. Let's run down and talk to Captain Lynn Smith this morning. See what he's up to. Lynn, good morning. How are you, man? Oh, good, man. Good. I'm, uh starting to kind of get in that hunting mode you know yes. I'm, I'm uh my neck's starting to swell a little bit <laughs> yeah right yeah i'm starting to starting to kind of get organized uh every time i think about something i need to take down to the ranch i i, I kind of stack it up and I, i'm starting to get a pile in the living room you know i need to load my truck but um they're gonna do the they're gonna do a flyover tuesday at the george west ranch and I do a survey, so right. uh, we'll know, we'll get an idea how many um, how many does they have to harvest and how many how many bucks. So that'll get a we'll get an idea, and uh, it's my guess. Uh, I'm guessing probably 65, 65 to seventy five does, and about the same bucks. You know that's usually the case. It's a lot of animals. Uh, it is. It it gets to be work, you know. That's a lot of work. And um, in the past, and, but usually, you know, we, we get that many usually. The hard part is getting the hunters to shoot them, you know. Yeah. Because they don't want to shoot a doe. They, they're, if they shoot a doe, they're afraid the buck is in the brush. And if they won't, he'll run off, so. You know, I've said in the past, you ought to, ought to make a rule that the, the hunter has to kill a doe before he gets a buck, you know. Right. But um, <clears throat> but anyway, we need to take the does early in the season before they um, before the bucks really go into rut and all that. We've got hunters coming next week uh, that are going to just strictly doe hunt. The hard part is going to be trying to find barren does. You know, because they've got, they got twins. I mean, a lot of these does have twins now. Yeah, that hurts us a lot because nobody wants to knock a doe off her young. You know, oh no, still uh-huh. depending on her for protection. And, Absolutely. Uh, then you get late in the year, and you know, hunters have already shot, and they don't really want to mess with killing a couple of does here or there. And and I mean, as far as table fare goes, I mean. It's fine meat. It's it's good to oh, go, yeah. but uh, it's a lot of times to do your diligence in hunting. You got you got to take those does. I mean, that's part of the game. You got to absolutely. Keep the ratio right. uh, we, we try to we try to take the barren does. You know, we you know a doe comes out. You want to watch that doe for quite a while to make sure she doesn't have you know uh, young ones with her. Yeah, and uh, make sure she's a barren doe, and then and then we take them. But um, 
uh, you know, we didn't want to leave a fawn out there or anything. But uh, anyway, uh, that's, you know, that's what we try to do. But, uh, and big mature does. So that's what we do. I, I told you, you know, one year we were doing this and goodness, I mean, one of the guys brought in a doe that on the hoof weighed 190 pounds. I mean, oh, that doe was huge. That oh, was huge. Monster. You know, it, it looked like a four-year-old buck. That's what it looked like. <laughs> I mean, it was huge. In fact, one of the guys from the, from the neighboring ranch, he, he was bringing people over there to see that doe because it was so big. Right. But the biologist, uh, he checked her over and he said uh, she had never bred. She had never put off that scent, so the bucks never chased her. So all she did is hang around the protein feeder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, all she did is hang around that protein feeder and eat. So, uh, yeah, she weighed 190 pounds, man. <clears throat> yeah, she was huge. That's a good one. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know how he got that, that dough in the back of his truck. <laughs> you know, yeah, with the ranch management, what happens to a ranch when it's got it's just way overwhelmed, too many does on it? You know, oh, duck to the, buck to doe ratio. I mean, how many? I mean, what does that do to a ranch when you have that many does? Oh, it's just the the, the deer population explodes like that, and uh, the horns the horns are smaller. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, for example, I mean, we had, uh, you know, for years when I was growing up, I mean, we hunted, we hunted around, you know, like Bryan College Station, that areas, you know place like that the hill country and back then the the ranchers wouldn't let you shoot does i mean that was that was their belief that you just didn't shoot a doe but and you could get a doe permit remember yeah and they wouldn't give you a permit they didn't believe in shooting does well as a result i mean the does were everywhere well there was no competition between the bucks you know I mean, they just, they just had had free reign, you know. Yeah, they had they had their way with uh, anything they oh, wanted. Oh yeah, anything they wanted. That's how so, you don't uh, spread the good genetics from the dominant bugs. That's right. That's right. So as a result, I mean, you didn't have any really good bucks. I mean, you just didn't. I mean, I mean, you know, the younger young bucks were breeding and and. Uh, it just it just resulted in no good blood lives, you know. Yeah. And uh, it just takes management, you know. It really it really does. This ranch at George West, um, you know, uh, I've been guiding on that ranch, goodness, sixteen or seventeen years. But um, when they first got that ranch, which was about I want to say eighteen years ago. Um, the biggest deer they took off that place was a 154. That was it. Right. And, uh, but they started managing it. And uh, first thing they did was they said, no cattle. We don't want any cattle on this place. Right. And uh, the, um, the guy that had cattle on it, he was paying $3 an acre for grazing rice. And they said, well, we'll pay that extra $3 to have no cattle because the cattle just knocked over the feeders and they just caused a lot of problems, you know, with the well, deer they'll feeders. they'll graze it out too. They'll eat all the grasses down and everything. <clears throat> That's true. That's true. So anyway, that solved a lot of problems, you know. And so um, anyway, I started really managing it and uh, started going in, uh, flying the ranch every year, doing a survey with a biologist and uh, doing a count and uh, made a big difference. And I mean, you look at what what we have now, I mean, you know, some, you look at the trail cameras and I mean, you just drool, you know. I mean, in 2012, we killed, we took a buck off that place that uh, was the third largest Boone and Crockett buck killed in Texas in 2012. Yeah. And there was only three inches difference between him and number one. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, he's massive, you know, and uh, I've got a reproduction of him hanging in my house, and because uh, I saw him three years in a row, but uh, we couldn't get a shot at him. 
and uh, finally got him. But uh, man, uh, he just he's just massive, you know. And uh, but boy, I'll tell you what. I mean, you see a lot of really nice deer. And uh, I had a, a young young boy sitting up in a tripod with me one day, and uh, we were going to shoot a management deer, and we're looking at a at a pretty decent deer at a feeder. And I just happened to look to my right, and there was a buck coming down the Sendera, coming to this speed pen. And, I mean, he took your breath away. I mean, big old chocolate horns, heavy horns. And he was just strolling down that Sendera, just slowly walking along the edge of the brush. And and I looked at that boy on my left, and I said, I said, don't move. And he said, what? <laughs> you know, like that. Uh-oh. And, I mean, that buck kind of dropped his head and just turned and slowly walked into the brush and we never saw him again but i'll tell you what he took your breath away big old chocolate horns i mean he was about probably 26 27 inches wide long time oh my goodness he was oh i can still see him today i just i just think about that and uh, I went back to that same tripod several times, hoping to see him again. I never saw him again. But uh, man, that kind of width, man, that's crazy. And then you throw oh, big long main beams with that, with good time length. You have got something special. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling. I looked down at Sundera one morning. I I saw something white laying there in that grass, and I thought, well, maybe that's one of his sheds, you know. And uh, I thought, man, when I get ready to leave, I'm, I'm going to walk down there and see if I can't pick up that shit. So um, I got ready to leave, and I walked down there. And I got down, and I said, well, is this about where it was? I said, oh, there's, there's something white. And I walked over. It wasn't a shed. It was a snake skin. <laughs> oh, went, boy. Oops. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, it makes you want to look around. Yeah, said, no No. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. I got. <clears throat> I got me a new pair of boots. Yeah. I got some of those. Uh, twisted twisted X. X. Yeah. They are comfortable. Are they, they are comfortable. Yeah. I knew you'd they like really them. are. Yeah. I put them on one day and just kind of wore them around town, just to kind of break them in, shoot through nice. They don't need breaking in. They're no, comfortable. They. they uh, <laughs> comfort from the time you put them on till you wear them out. That's right. That's right. Well, I hope they last as long as those uh, those Justins did, because they were. I, I think I had them probably sixteen, seventeen years, maybe. I've still got my Justin snake boots, and they're still not broke in. But what happened was, you know, they were dried out, and I just knew they were gonna gonna just go out on me any time. And I, I carried an extra pair of boots just in case. And uh, when I when I got home the other day from George West and I went to take them off and I step, you know, I step on a, a boot remover, a boot, right. Whatever Put your heel in there yeah, and right. pull it off. Yeah. 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 And when I went to pull it off, the, it separated from the heel. Well, I took them to a, a boot guy in Port Lavaca and I took them in there and I said, can you, can you reattach this boot? I said, man, I hate to lose these. I said, uh, you know, they fit me so good. <laughs> And he said, uh, looks like you got your money's worth out of them. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, they're just now feeling good. He laughed. He said, uh, no. He said, it probably cost $150 to fix them. I said, well, it's not worth it to do that. No. I said, no, I, you know, uh, I hate to hate to get rid of them, but uh, gosh, my, they, they sure fit me good. And I uh, hate to get rid of them, but man, oh, man, they served me well. Yeah, I you know, used, I got hit uh, by a rattlesnake. I put mink oil on mine about once a year, you know, and I guess that's why they held together so long. Keeps those three. Well, that'll save them. Dry yeah. rotten. And... That'll say I got hit by a rattlesnake uh, about a year ago uh, wearing them. And uh, I was up in Johnson City and and the grass was high and I, I parked the Jeep and uh, and some tall grass and uh, I went to went back to the Jeep, and I was just getting ready to get in the Jeep, and, and a snake hit me on those boots. Oh, boy. That's a I felt him pop me. Boy, he popped me real good. Oh, they hit hard. Oh, they do. They do. Man. 
But uh, thank goodness he hit me low. He wasn't a very yes. big one. But, uh, yeah. but he did hit me. Oh, you know what it is when it happens. I'll tell you that. No yeah. doubt about it, buddy. <laughs> Let yeah. me knock this break out, Lynn. Hang on. I'll be right back at you, buddy. All right. All right. You're listening to the Outdoor Show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's 518 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we are back. Break's over. No, yeah. No, we've got some uh, we've got some hunters coming this week that uh are just going to harvest does and, uh, and that's good. We're just going to, we're going to pop a few does and, um, and then we're going to, uh, and then we've got some management hunters coming the, the week after that. So that's good. And, uh, anyway, we'll see what that biologist has to say, what he sees from the helicopter and, uh, we'll get a good idea. What's the, I mean, he wants the perfect ratio managing a ranch to have buck to doe ratio? Is it is it one to one well, or what? Well, well, we've been one to one for the last few years. You know, pretty much one to one. Right. And uh, and us because he had us he had us doing um, basically one to one. I mean, you know, he had us taking like you know seventy five does and seventy five bucks and off the place. I mean, that's quite a few you know how many acres and is we, that that y'all are managing uh nine thousand yeah that's off of nine thousand acres the ranch itself is eighteen thousand but uh, uh this particular uh part of it is half of the ranch and then uh and then there's another guy who leases the other half and uh the same the biologist uh, same biologist he he manages uh, both halves i mean he flies both of it but um and it's um, basically basically the same. Um, you know, it just it just depends depends on the pastures. You know, what kind of foliage they have in both pastures. You know, but um, but anyway, um, what they did on ours, they went through with a roller chopper and they did a a, a deal where they'd go through with a roller chopper and they'd leave brush strips of brush so the does would have uh, strips of brush so they could hide their fawns. You know, mm-hmm. they can go in and let their fawns, uh, when they'd have their fawns, they'd bear their fawns and have strips so they could hide, which was a good idea, you know, and, um, and that worked pretty well. So, um, anyway, well, yeah, a that's, lot of that, that's where, uh, not mowing a place in certain pastures and areas where you got good tall stands of, you know, buffalo grass and everything. That's good cover for those fawn crops too. You oh, know, yeah. to lay down in. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of depends on when you do your flyover too, because they uh, sometimes uh, if they do the flyover and the grass is real high, well, you don't get a real high fawn count, you know. Right. And uh, those fawns are hiding, so they don't see them, and those little fawns won't jump up and run, you know. So, but uh, they just don't do it. No, it's in their so, instinct to, uh, you know, that's their protection. They know better. That's right. If That's they right. jump up and run, they get eaten. <laughs> That's right. Aren't they? You know it. They put off no scent, you know, after birth, right? Aren't mm-hmm. they supposed right. to be pretty much scentless where predators can't smell them and find them? Right, right. Amazing. That's exactly right. 
Yeah. I mean, Mother Nature, nature takes care of them. I'm yeah. telling you. Isn't that something? Oh, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, I told you I saw an eagle uh, trying to get one one time. I was sitting in a stand, and all of a sudden I saw this commotion, heard this commotion, and, and I saw a little fawn still had partial spots, and that little fawn was, was zigzagging, running, trying to get back to its mama, and there was an eagle swooping down trying to catch that fawn. Wow. It was. I wish I'd have had a video camera and videoed it. It was the neatest thing. I mean, this little fawn was zigzagging and running, boy. I mean, he was taking off, boy. And uh, that eagle couldn't catch him. But uh, that little fawn was a small one, too. It, it wasn't too old. And um, But he got back to his mama. But, man, that was a sight to see. Well, I saw a really nice big whitetail buck out my way yesterday. Middle of oh, the yeah. day. It's about 2.33 in the afternoon. And really? it was walking in the ditch line next to the barbed wire fence where there's a lot of cover. And there's a high fence behind that barbed wire fence. And he was just coming down real slow down the edge of that uh, cover line off the off the highway where I live there. And I got my binoculars out, and, I mean, I knew it was a big buck because I could see those uh, light-colored horns, you know, over my way, all the horns, you know, you don't have all that chocolate look, but you could see them shining in the sunlight. I said, man, that's a big buck. And, I, you know, I'll see, I'll see a red stag or a, you know, psycho deer or something like that on occasion, but not a whitetail. And I got the binoculars up, and he was a shooter. Big body, big hmm. neck. I guess the rut's on him. He was, or else he's trying to figure out how to get back in that in that high fence. I know they've been getting out, and mm -hmm. they. I always see them in the same place where they'll go over the first barbed wire fence to get to the high fence, and they're trying to get back in there, and they they don't mm -hmm. remember where they got out. But there's nothing for them. They get outside <laughs> of that. They're, uh, I mean, you got the bay, you know, five hundred yards away. You know, it's mm -hmm. all along the bayfront there on Trinity Bay, but it's we're running out of room well, and hogs. Oh man! <laughs> oh really? Terrible. Oh yeah, there there there's so much development. It's shoving them all our way. You yeah. gotta be careful at night running. You you hit one of those oh, big gotcha. hogs, you'll destroy your vehicle. Oh yeah. Well, same thing here. You know, they're terrible here, and um, I I try not to drive at night at all. I'm with you. And, uh, you know, two or three days ago, I was coming back from Port Lavaca, you know, in broad daylight. And uh, between uh, between uh, going uh, on 1289, uh, there's high fence on both sides where mm -hmm. Powderhorn Ranch is. Right. And um, I had a little four-point run right in front of me. It's a wonder I didn't hit him. And uh, he was between the, the high fences. He'd gotten out, and uh, he ran right in front of me. But uh, I hit a, hit a little six-pointer, oh, several years ago. I was on my way down to George West, and I was going into um, into Beeville. And uh, just as I was going into Beeville, I had a little six-point run in front of me, and I nailed him. He was chasing a doe. And, uh, I mean, I, right where you slow down to 60 miles an hour, and I came around that curve, and, boy, he ran right in front of me. I, I couldn't miss him, and I, I hammered him. And um, he slid over to the side of the road, and I, I came to a stop, and the guy behind me pulled up behind me, and he said, boy, he came out of nowhere, didn't he? I said, he sure did. <laughs> and I've got a grill guard on my truck, and if it hadn't have been for that grill guard, I'd tell you what, he'd have torn my, my front end up, I guarantee oh, you. Oh, yeah. Hey, those those big cow catchers, you know, you get a good one or a good belt one. They, oh, uh, yeah. They can save you a lot of time and trouble, buddy. We had a oh, it did. guy coming down to Blaine's hit a hit a big cow one night. And if he hadn't had that on, I mean, he'd been down on the side of the highway. He'd have been in history. Oh, he'd yeah. Taken out well, everything. I, I, I pulled into Beeville, and I, I always stopped at HEB there and gas up. Well, I, I pulled in. When I went to turn in there to that HEB to fill up, I, when I turned my wheel, uh, I, my tire was rubbing on the on the fender and i went uh -oh. oh so boy. i pulled in there and I, I looked and and my fender had bent a little bit not much and uh so there was a rancher 
and uh, next to the gas pump on the other side of the pump. I said, hey, you got a crowbar or something? I said, I just hit a deer in my fenders is uh, rubbing on my tire. He said, yeah. So he gave me a crowbar, and I bent my fender back out. <laughs> I drove it like that for about a month before I went ahead and had it fixed. <laughs> but uh, but you couldn't hardly tell it, you know. But that grill guard saved me more, I tell you. I guarantee you. It did. We'll be running, running uh, down that way, spend a lot of miles on the road. It's worth the investment putting one on. The it road. is that. It is save that. you some downtime having to put your truck in the body shop, man. Well, my neighbor next a uh, couple of houses down from me hit a hit a pig. Oh, about last week, they hit a pig with a brand new Jeep. Oh, brand spanking new Jeep, and. Uh, between here and Port Lavaca. And uh, so sure enough, it, his brand new Jeep is in the shop. And uh, and that that pig was on the side of the highway and a buddy of mine said, boy, man, somebody hit a big old pig on the side of the highway. I said, yeah, that's Mike. Mike down there, he hit it. <laughs> he said, man, it like, looked like a Volkswagen laying on the side of the road. I said, mm-hmm. I guarantee you it tore his car up. It really did. It was drivable, but barely. Man. Yeah, we yeah, got a they, lot of pigs. Yeah, those those big hogs, boy, they can do some damage. Oh, they do. Most of them are going underneath the car, you know. Oh, it tears up everything under the front end and the undercarriage and everything. Oh, what a nightmare. Yep. Oh, he said, he said, I, I think I ran over skid him. plates right off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they will, man. Yeah, he said, I think I ran over him. Well, he did. I guarantee you that. Literally. <laughs> Got all yeah. of him. <laughs> hey, oh, if you yeah. hit one, get all of it. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, uh. Oh, boy. Pretty nuts. Let me knock another break out, Lynn. Be right back. Boys. All right, man. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, folks, at Belleville Meat Market, there's no better place to shop or have all your processing needs done. This week, they're double featuring their green onion pecan smoked sausage, double black pepper pecan smoked sausage. You can always try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available. Full menu on pecan smoked barbecue served right there in their meat market along with homemade hot dogs. And now taking orders for country smoked turkeys ahead of the holiday season. Order early and uh, be sure you get in. They, these things are excellent. And custom processing on pigs and calves all year long. And wild game processing, they're making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs to bring something home from your hunt. The whole family can enjoy all year long. Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. The Belleville Meat Market celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market where meat is our middle name. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 534 here in the Bayou City. All right. Lynn, we are back, my friend. Yeah, the... Uh... The ranch manager there in George West, his, his wife's funny as all gets. She, uh, you know, for years, she drove a Mustang. Well, you know how low to the ground those Mustangs are and uh, for forever. Well, she hit a coyote one time doing about 70 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, that can, that can tear the undercarriage out, too. Yeah, buddy. And uh, so she said, I, I'll, I'll get that fixed. So she put a grill guard on her Mustang <laughs> and, and, and put a deer feeder on the front of her Mustang. <laughs> well, she was back and forth, you know, at the ranch. She's back and forth going on the ranch all the time. So she put that deer feeder on it. Well, she did land landman work. Uh, her husband, you know, did landman work too. So she was doing landman work and, and uh, she was at one of the courthouses in Kennedy or somewhere around there. And uh, she came out of the courthouse one time and there was a, there was a policeman and he had his foot up on that grill guard and he had his ticket pad out and he's writing on that ticket pad. Boy, and she walked over there and she put her hands on her hips and she <laughs> said, are you writing me a ticket? And he said, no, 
I'm writing the name of this deer feeder down. I got to get me one of these. <laughs> <laughs> she said, oh, okay. Well, anyway, it's funny because she said she'd be driving to Houston, you know, in that Mustang with that grill guard and deer feeder on the front. And people would, would stop and back up and be taking pictures of her <laughs> with that deer feeder and grill guard. <laughs> she says, it's a wonder I didn't cause wrecks on 59. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah, I know somebody but, uh, was running down 59 one night and uh, thought he had got shot. And it was a deer ran into the side of his truck, just bolted, you know, head on into the back door of his truck. Oh, man. <laughs> man. Yeah, a friend said, of mine. Man, uh, what was that? And he got to the next town, he pulled over, and that whole door was crushed in where a deer hit it. Oh, well, a buddy of mine, uh, his family at a place in uh, outside of Uvalde. And he was driving a big old Cadillac. This old boy is a big old boy. And he was driving his Cadillac, and he hit the gravel road going to their house. And he was driving down that gravel road, and he said out of the corner of his eye, he saw this buck with his head down and out of the corner of his eye heading toward the car, you know, just a flash. And all of a sudden, just bam, hit the side of his car. Oh, boy. Well, he came to a stop, and... He backed up, and here's this this six or eight point buck laying on the side of the road. Well, he said, "Heck, I'm I'm pretty close to the house. I'm not that far from the house." So he opened I'm the trunk. Loaded up. <laughs> he loaded him up. He said, "Heck, I'm pretty close to the house." So he threw that buck in the trunk, and he went onto the house. Well, not quite to the house. He heard this hell of a commotion in the trunk, and uh, that buck wasn't dead. <laughs> And uh, so Keith got out, got his pistol, got out, <laughs> put the key in the trunk, opened the trunk, and as the buck came out, he shot him on the way out. <laughs> Reloaded him, loaded him back in the trunk, shut the shut the trunk lid, went on to the house. Had his Remember deer. old timers? They used to call a trunk lid. They call it a turtle hole. That's it. A turtle yeah. hole up. Let me throw this deer in there. People used to remember when everybody uh, they had. Lot you know back in the day we there were just weren't a lot of pickups, and uh, yeah, they'd kill a big old deer and they'd put it across the hood, tie it down, strap it across from the hood of the car, drive home with it. Oh, oh I know. Can you, wouldn't you like to eat that? <laughs> oh, I bet that tasted good. Boy, I, oh, you know, yeah. speaking of eating that, I've seen. I was coming back from uh, uh, Catula one time and got on I ten and. I was behind this Suburban. This guy had this big old nasty black hog on his rack, you know, on the back of that Suburban, you know, a receiver hitch mm -hmm. rack. And you can see where he'd stuffed some ice, you know, he'd gutted it and just stuffed some ice bags in there. Can you imagine how nasty that hog was when he got back to Houston? And it was hot. Oh, it was, God. you know, it was one of those warm December, you know, stretches mm -hmm. you get. And I'm going, that, that ain't even worth the effort. Oh, I, I saw one very similar, only uh, didn't have any ice in it. I mean, you know, I pulled away from the ranch, headed toward George West, and there was a Suburban that had that, that uh, game hauler on the back, and there was a nasty old pig on it. No uh, ice in him or anything, and they were headed toward town. I mean, you know. He well, that's still the way this was. He, all the ice was melted. I could see the sacks had been stuffed in there at the end of the cavity, oh, you know. Oh, my gosh. And – I wouldn't want any part of that. No, that's uh, if you're going to go the trouble to gut that hog and clean it out like that, why not just hang him up and skin him out and quarter him up and throw him in a cooler, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, this, this buddy of mine that uh, he'll process deer and everything for his buddies and all that. He said he pulled up to his house one day and he and his son, they'll process the deer or whatever. And they had some friend of theirs. Uh, was sitting at their gate waiting on them, and they had two mule deer uh, that they'd driven in from uh, West Texas with. Oh, Lord. And they had them in the back of their truck. They still had the hide on them. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you wonder about some people, you know, but, yeah. you know, I wouldn't want to eat those. No. You know, yeah, I'm like you. Let me try your sausage. <laughs> no. No. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to eat that. No way. No. That's so I, critical yeah. this time of year. Oh, absolutely. It, uh, 
it's you know it's warm yes. and and taking care of your game that's real critical i mean once yeah. you drop a deer I mean, in the mornings go ahead and get him back i know you want to hunt some more but uh get that deer back to camp as quick as possible and get his skin well out you want to get that hide off too because that, yes that hair is like insulation you know and it uh it holds the heat you know i learned that a long time ago with elk you know that hide is is insulation and boy you you want to get that hide off fast it it really holds the heat in so you know, get that off as quick as you can and, and process that deer, that animal. No doubt. It uh, yeah, makes a big sure. difference on, you know, how good your game tastes down the road. Oh, absolutely. You better know it. So I, you know, we, we get them back to the, to the ranch house. And I mean, first we skin them out real quick and quarter them up and then they're in the cooler, you know, they're in the cooler. Yes. Quicker and, uh, the better. Absolutely, that's uh, that makes for some good fare. To it, you'll hear a lot of guys say, "Yeah, soak that uh, meat in ice water, and your cooler will." You know that meat is uh, is decomposing so bad that way you can't keep it at you know thirty two, thirty three degrees with you know slush water. You just can't mm -hmm. do it. We've We've experimented that with that with fish and using a tory meter for freshness and density of the meat and everything over the years when I had trial mm -hmm. masters. And same way with your game. Pull that plug on that cooler and uh, let that cooler drain and keep adding ice to it and keep that meat as cold as you can possibly keep it till you get it to the processor. Mm -hmm. That water on there, I just I'm not I'm not a fan of that because I've seen No I'm I'm not either. Seeing the way it, it way it is with fish, you know, a lot of guys thought they could keep weight on their fish by putting it in the cooler with you know half water and ice in there, and you're not cooling that, you're not getting that meat as cold as you're supposed to to stop the decomposition, and you lose weight. Mm -hmm. hmm. Man, I'll try anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, they will. And you even know, better, you know, if, you, if you're if you hunting a place that's got a, a walk-in cooler that they can keep, you know, yeah. real cold and hang that hang that uh, meat up like that. That's a good way also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, we get some guys that like to just skin them out and then hang them up, mm -hmm. hang them up whole before they, they cut them up. I, I'd rather cut them up when they're, you know, right away. And just, Me too. We put them. We put them in baskets. You know, quarter them up and, and put them in baskets and everything individually. So right. uh, that works good, and uh, that that works perfect for us, really. Yeah, I don't know I about hang you. The deer up. We get to cleaning it and uh, quartering it up. I'll take my big cooler and I'll cover the bottom with about I don't know six inches of ice on the very bottom. And then mm. throw that meat in there. And as I throw it in there, I keep putting ice on top of that and just layer it all the way to the top and then keep it closed, mm -hmm. keep the plug out of it. And boy, that's, you know, my meat's always been good after I take it, get the Belleville oh, to process yeah. it. I can, well, oh, yeah. I don't have to worry about it. You know, I can depend on it. And I know that oh, yeah, it's taken exactly. proper care of. Yeah. I take a big, I've got a big, big cooler. It's a big offshore cooler. And I fill it with ice before I leave the leave the house. I've got a ice machine, so I I fill it up. It takes me two days to fill it up <laughs> with ice, <laughs> and, and I and I take it, and it lasts me for you know a week and a half or more. And um, I park my truck in the shade so it doesn't melt, you know. Right. And uh, I have plenty of ice. And uh, what I do is I get I've got people here in the neighborhood that I give deer to, and so I. When I get back, I've got them. I put the I put the deer in different bags, and I so I'll uh, I'll get back and I start divvying up deer. <laughs> I've got one guy uh, here in town that uh, I always give him a couple of deer, and he he works on rods and reels, and so I gave him two deer two deer a year, and he he works on all my rods and reels, and um, which is perfect, you know. 
He replaces all the eyes on my rods and cleans right. my reels. Hey, the barter system. Gad's been using that for as long as I've been around. That's, you know, Absolutely. trading trips for their services and uh, works out good. No, it does. It does. And, uh, yeah, he came by yesterday, as a matter of fact. I gave him some rods and some reels. And, and uh, I said, now, uh, you want one deer or two? <laughs> he said, oh, I can take two. <laughs> I said, okay. I came into town one day, and I had three deer in the back of my truck. And uh, and I was trying to think, now, who can I give these deer to? You know, I had three does in the back. And uh, th there's a bank. Our bank is on the outskirts of town here and. And uh, I was rolling in town, and I, I whipped into the parking lot in the bank, and they had three girls that worked in the bank, and they all knew me. And, and uh, so I walked into the bank, and I, when I walked in the front door, I said, okay, who wants a deer? And all three of these girls raised their arms. <laughs> you know. And I said, okay. I said, you know where I live? Uh, come by with a cooler. And, uh, boy, that afternoon, they all came by with their husbands and a cooler. <laughs> and they said, you know, we could use another one. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, I'm just glad to get rid of them. You know, I said, we got to, we got to kill about 65 deer off this ranch. We got to take a bunch of does. So I'll give you a call. You know, Blaine does that a lot down at his ranch when, uh, you know, when they're setting all their hog traps out and, and you know, just trying to keep the population down and well, they'll have one sure. big night and he'll call all the, you know, some contacts he's got there in Heavenville and all the local people that live there, they come out to the ranch and he just loads them down with them, you know, already skin out, quartered up hogs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, we did that too. We, uh, we set some traps one time and, uh, and then ran them all. At, we literally filled the back end, end of a truck with, <laughs> with hogs. I mean, wow. they were stacked up. Yeah. And just, <laughs> And and the uh, one of the guys that worked at the ranch, he uh, well, he was from that area, and he just started going around passing them out, you know, yeah. to the, the neighbors, just giving them away. And uh, goes to waste. No, it doesn't. And well, and a lot I mean, of those uh, a lot of those people around there, they'll make a lot of uh, homemade tamales out of them. Oh yeah, bring them out. Oh my goodness, there's nothing better. Oh, nothing better. Nothing. And um, I personally, personally would rather have a pig than a deer myself. Sure. And uh, boy, howdy. Every year, uh, I, I live on a dead-end street, and every year, uh, I would bring a pig home from the ranch, and uh, we would have uh, a Super Bowl party. Right. And I'd cook a little pig on the pit, and uh, man, we have a good Super Bowl party, you know. Oh, I'm telling you. It works for me. You know? Man, those little piglets we did last year, there was a bunch of little bitty ones in a trap, and we mm -hmm. popped them all in the head with a twenty two pistol and brought them back. Richie skinned them out, and I'd oh. cook them whole. I'd start them off on a mesquite pit and, uh, you know, just kind of sear them and get that flavor in there from the mesquite and then oh, put them man. in foil pans. You know, after you put your rub and everything on them, then put them in a foil pan and uh, cover it with foil and finish it off in the oven in the house. Hey, you'd, oh, man. you'd pick up one of those front, uh, pull the leg off of it, and all the meat would just fall of it. You just got a pure bone there in that clavicle. Oh. And that I, it's better than pulled pork or anything you'll do, you know, pork. Oh, cuts. absolutely. It was just absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, doesn't get any better than that. No, I mean, that's uh, it's all all wild-caught, kind of like oh, shrimp. You, you don't want any farm-raised, <laughs> you want wild-caught shrimp, man. Yeah, nothing better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're making me hungry now. Yeah, I a pulled pork sandwich <laughs> for breakfast wouldn't be bad this morning on one of them little pigs. <laughs> I hear you, but I don't yeah, know. Boy. There was eight or ten of them. I cooked all of them. I had oh, really? four left over, and I was going to bring them home for me. And everybody was <laughs> talking about how good it was, and I said, "Well, hey, well, I'll cook some more, and they'll make sandwiches for two days off of that meat." Oh man! You know, in yeah, you can't pass house. it up. Or take some to blind with them. It's uh, nothing yeah. goes to waste, man. Oh, I know. Yeah, I had a had a girl uh, hunting with me one day. Uh, I mean, she was a good shot, and uh, she killed a real nice buck. She killed like a one sixty one nice. morning. I mean, nice, real nice buck. And uh, she said, "Well, this afternoon, I want I want to get a pig." I said, "Okay." So 
I took her this one stand on a, on a pipeline that had a lot of pigs on this pipeline. And uh, we're sitting there and we're shooting a bull and she was going to college and, and uh, we were talking about college and everything. And I looked down at Sendera boy, here came a whole here herd of pigs. <laughs> here they came. So I said, okay, get ready. So anyway, they were coming down there. She said, which one do I take? I said, uh, well, shoot the factory. She said, the factory? I said, yeah, shoot a sow, <laughs> you know? So, boy, she picked out this big old sow and popped it, boy. And she dropped that sow, and they all ran in the brush. And I said, uh, all right, get your rifle out this window back here. I said, they're going to come out in this other Sendera back here. You'll get another one. So, boy, she got her rifle out. Sure enough, boy, they came out in this other Sendera. Man, they're running down that Sendera, <laughs> running away. And she, boy, pow, she rolled another one, man. <laughs> she rolled another one running. She was a good shot, man. She yeah. was. Yeah. She could hammer them. And uh, anyway, it was funny. She was going to uh, Stanford. And uh, I said, man, I said, uh, what are, uh, what are your, you're in a sorority out there. I said, what do your sorority sisters think about you being a big hunter and everything? She said, well, they really don't know how to take me. <laughs> I said, I bet they don't. I bet <laughs> they <know>? don't. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> no. And she's real pretty, pretty blonde, you know, real, real outgoing, you know. Yeah. And uh, she came down to the ranch one year and brought one of her sorority sisters. And, uh, boy, she was all excited. She had a brand new pistol with a shoulder holster. <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness. Dirty Harry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Every time her I sorority. shoulder holster. That's what I have for my 10-millimeter uh, Glock is a shoulder holster. For oh, me. yeah. That big old thing, yeah. <laughs> It was kind of funny because, boy, she, she couldn't wait to show me this new pistol and shoulder holster. And, oh, I said, oh, man, this is really nice. And, boy, her, <laughs> her sorority sister was looking at her kind of funny. <laughs> I said, yeah, she doesn't know how to take you. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Yeah, it's, yeah, we've come a long way. Women have really, uh, really gotten into the outdoors really heavy. I mean, you know, it was like when I grew up, my mom was big into it. She grew up fishing. I mean, that was just part of her life was, you know, my grandfather, sure. the way he was about his fishing. And, uh, you know, people didn't know how to take that women fishing and hunting and stuff back in the old days. And now it's, oh, it's yeah. common. There's probably as many of them as there is us that are into the sport. Oh. That's, that's big time. And then you get all oh, those young girls, you know, and in junior high that are, They'd like to get into uh, quail hunting and bird hunting, deer hunting, all mm-hmm. of it. It's, uh, oh, I'll tell you. There was one girl, uh, the daughter of uh, one of the guys that uh, had the lease there in George West, and she, I watched her grow up. I mean, she just, she was kind of an ugly duckling, you know, when she was young, and she, she grew up, and oh, my goodness, she grew up long-legged, real pretty girl, and uh, she became a veterinarian. She went Turned to A&M. Into a swan. <laughs> she From the did. ugly duckling and to she, the swan. That's it. That's usually did. where it works, too. Oh, man. She she was going to go to vet school, and uh, and she did. And, and she was hunting with me one day and, and uh, telling me all about she was going to be a – she was going to be a vet, and she was going to uh, mainly uh, uh, do uh, large animals. That's what she was going to be uh, specializing in. Right. And uh, anyway, um, we were sitting in a stand, and she, she killed a real nice deer. She killed a 170 class, and, um, and that buck ran off in the, in the brush, and, and uh, I, I tracked it and found it for her. But uh, we got back in there, and, man, she, she wasn't a bit afraid to latch on the horns and drag him out, man. We drug That's him it. out. And, uh, oh, she, she was real proud of that deer. But uh, anyway, she Who turned out to be, be a, a 170. Really... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She turned out to be a really pretty girl. And uh, but like you say, you know, some people uh, some people really blossom in their in their older years. They really turn out to be a swan, you know, just like we have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I had, it was kind of funny. I had my class got reunion. got that bark on us, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Snakes I had my class, my class reunion was last weekend, and I didn't go to it. And I started getting phone calls from some of my classmates thinking, oh, well, why didn't you come? You know, and I said, well, uh, I was busy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I didn't uh, want to show you all up. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I, one of the guys from my class was walking around in a reunion with his phone, you know, and videoing it and all that. And I'm thinking, God, those people look old, <laughs> you know, look how old they are. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. but they had a, a very small turnout and, uh, and I mean, uh, and then one of the girls that I graduated with, she called me and she said, why didn't you come? You know, and I said, well, I was busy I was doing this and doing that. And I said, be honest with you. You know, I just, I, I just think majority of our classmates have died, you know? Yeah, they have. She said, I mean, you just, she said, surprised. isn't that the truth? It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. There were over 500 in my class. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of them had died. Less than a hundred people showed up for that class reunion. Man. So, yeah. And, um, and the ones that did show up looked like they're in the, got one foot in the grave, you know, God, <laughs> terrible some people. Looking, you know? Some people age better than others. I'll just leave yes, it they do. All right. Yes, man. they do. Well, Lynn, it's always a pleasure. If somebody wants to call you about uh, coming down and fishing Port O'Connor with you or booking a hunt with you. How do they get a hold of you, man? Yes, sir, man. They can get me at uh, 361-935-6833. Nothing like fun Sunday. All right, brother. Lynn, you have a good one. I'll talk to you down yep. the road. Yes, sir. Mickey, you too, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one. Later. All right. All right. It's time for our top of the hour break and national anthem and all that good stuff. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 